0: Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you.
1: You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Back in the saddle for another edition of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every day, Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here at Locked On Panthers. That's what we do here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on Odyssey, man, wherever you get your podcast. That's where we're at. That's the beauty of Locked On Panthers. Whenever you need the Carolina Panthers and you want to hear something about it, you can find me anywhere. You can listen to me every day during the week. Sorry, I got to take weekends off, but I get you that content when you need it. That's why I'm here. I'm here to serve you, the Carolina Panthers fan, and I've been serving you all up this week. Go back, check out some of the past episodes. Been talking a lot about Sam Darnold. Going to continue to talk a lot about Sam Darnold again today. You can also follow me at Julian Council on Twitter. That's at Julian Council on Twitter. I'm your host, Julian Council, always with you here on Locked On Panthers. Today, we're going to talk more about, you guessed it, Sam Darnold. Interesting to me that Sam Darnold comes here to Carolina. And Scott Fitterer basically said in his press conference that this is our guy. But how long will Sam Darnold be the guy? How much time and how much release will the Carolina Panthers give him? Because if you look back at what we've seen the last season, it might only be one year. Get into more of that. Also, does this start the clock now for Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer? They didn't draft the quarterback. At least they haven't done so. But they have traded for a quarterback who is a former top three pick in Sam Darnold. Does this now start the clock? for Matt Rule and Scott Federer to go out there and win, or you got to get out of here. And then finally, got to look at what this team might do at number eight. Scott Federer brought up the fact that they have a bunch of options now that they've identified that quarterback in Sam Darnold. No longer is the question, will they take Matt Jones? Will they trade up? Or will they sit back and take Trey Lance or or Justin Fields? Those questions are not out the door. The Carolina Panthers do not need to find a quarterback. Will it be a left tackle? Will it be a corner? I mean, could it still be a quarterback? We'll get into all of that coming up right here on the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast and starting off with Sam Darnold because that's the man of the hour. I'm very interested to see what he has to say when we finally do hear from him here locally in Charlotte. I don't know whether that will be later today on Thursday. Will that be on Friday, early next week? We will hear from him very soon. And I'm very curious to hear what he has to say about coming here to Charlotte in this new opportunity. I'm also interested to know whether he will be the long-term fit here if he struggles after one season now what's that even say long-term fit the Carolina Panthers and one of the things I didn't really like about the deal with Sam Darnold aside from giving up the second round pick in 2022 was that they immediately exercised his fifth year option that's going to pay him 18.8 fully guaranteed money in 2022 as the Carolina Panthers quarterback, whether he's starting. If he's not on the Panthers, then whatever team they trade him to, if they have to do that, if it comes to that, we'll have to pay him $18.8 million. So it's still cheap, by the way, for the most part. Sam Darnold is only getting paid two years, $23 million. If you look at Teddy Bridgewater's contract and what he was on, yeah, three years, $63 million. It was never really that. I explain it to a lot of you. It's two years, and it was $33 million guaranteed. Ten of which is already guaranteed right now. And if he gets to the first week of the season, the other $7 million is guaranteed. So it was an expensive deal, but it was also pretty much a market deal for a quarterback in the NFL. That's the going rate for these kind of guys. With Sam Darnold, it's going to be two years, $23 million. So a little bit cheaper than Teddy Bridgewater. But will he be able to make it to that second year where the actual money comes? And I think maybe. I'm not quite sure, honestly. Because we look at it, if we've learned anything from Teddy Bridgewater... Last season, the Panthers, instead of riding with Kyle Allen and Will Greer and in PJ Walker, who they signed after the XFL season ended with the COVID pandemic, that they could have reeled it to the bottom with one of these guys. They were only a 5-11 football team. And had they not won that game in Washington, they would have been right there in the top five. So they were not that far away from being a team that could have been like the New York Jets or like the Jacksonville Jaguars, a one- or two-win team sitting right there in the top three where we might not even be having this conversation when it comes to how long of a leash is Sam Darnold going to have. But instead, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. They praised him. It made a lot of sense to me in terms of, okay, Matt Rule's coming in in this league. David Tepper's already sat there for two years and watched bad football. He's watched Cam Newton's shoulder fall apart. He sat there and watched Kyle Allen. He even had to watch um, a week of Will Greer when he should not have been starting against the Indianapolis Colts on the road. He's seen a lot of bad quarterback play. Some of it due to injury, some of it due to just not being ready, and some of it due to, you know, constant turnovers, which that's what Sam Donald's been so far in New York. Again, I told you yesterday, 39 picks in 38 games to go along with 20 fumbles. That's an issue, and that's an issue that we hope does not carry on in Carolina. And if it does, will he still be here as a Carolina Panthers Panthers starting quarterback? And Scott Fitter said all the right things that he thinks, and he hopes that with Matt Rule and in Joe Brady's offense and – and with his old buddy Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and David Moore coming over from Seattle, Dan Arnold had a career year in Arizona with the Cardinals. You think that, hey, he has all the weapons that he'll ever need. Just like Rock Auto, all the parts you ever need. Sam Darnold has all the weapons, all the parts that he'd ever need to be successful as a quarterback. But if he doesn't have success, if he struggles, and especially if turnovers continue to be the issue, will he be the starting quarterback going into 2022? Or will the Carolina Panthers look at that deal he has? And then decide that, hey, fine, Sam, you'll be on the roster or maybe we'll try and trade you and we'll work alongside with you for the third year in a row when it comes to quarterbacks. Last year, Cam Newton, we'll work along, we'll work, we're will work, we going to work with Cam and his representation to find a, a new home. We're going to work with Teddy and his representation to find him a good fit, whether it's here or elsewhere. Could that be the same conversation we're having next year? If Sam Donald doesn't live up to the expectations that Scott Fitter has set upon him, that the expectations he had coming out of USC as a number three overall court pick in the draft and being the franchise quarterback for the New York Jets. Like, don't forget, Giants fans were losing their freaking minds when Saquon Barkley was drafted number two overall. Like, they, they needed a quarterback. Eli was basically at the point in his career where clearly he was not going to be the guy much longer. And Giants fans were like, we need to go get our quarterback, Sam Darnold. And they lost their minds when they didn't get Sam Darnold. Instead, what happened? Sam Darnold no longer playing in the same stadium with the New York Jets. He's out of town and Saquon's there. Daniel Jones is a local guy in Charlotte. He's not all that great, but he at least has done a better job and shown more promise than Sam Darnold ever has. So if things go wrong, are we sitting here once again in April of 2022 looking at the draft prospects? Are they circling the wagons and trying to figure out, oh, is this is this quarterback going to work? I brought the Aaron Rodgers thing yes, yesterday. Doesn't mean that's going to happen, but, you know, are we in a situation where they're still flirting with all these quarterbacks in the NFL, or will Sam Darnold work out? Because that's my, that's my real question. Like, if he does not prove to be the dude right away this season, does he get another year? Like, he might still be on the roster, but is there a rookie quarterback that they draft instead? And that's where I go back to what exactly is the plan here in Carolina? Is it Sam Darnold? Because last year it was Teddy Bridgewater, at least for the time being. I always saw him as a bridge quarterback. I think a lot of us saw him as a bridge quarterback, even though people got mad as hell over the games that they lost this year and him not performing up to standard, at least in the final couple weeks of the season when he had a knee injury. Is Sam Darnold going to get that leash or will he get two seasons? That is the question that I have, but what the hell is still the plan? Like, I don't know, which leads me to ask this question now for Matt rule and Scott Fitter year two of Matt rule. He went five and 11 in the first year, identified a quarterback that he's already dumped. Scott Fitter spent time in Seattle. Now he's over here. First time as a GM. Does the clock now start for these two as head coach and GM pairing? Cause they didn't draft a quarterback. At least they haven't yet. Does the clock now start for them to get things done? Or will David Tepper be patient, which he said he was going to be, and give them more time to identify a third quarterback if Sam Donald's not that guy? More on that in just a second. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Rock Auto. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from your engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter bakowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts like your boy who was on the other day follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts so typically when a head coach and a general manager are paired together, like we've seen here with Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer, who's actually contract terms I don't really know about, but we know Matt Rule got a seven-year contract at the $60 million in incentives, which is a lot of money to coach football. And is a reason why he left Waco, Texas to come to the NFL, also all the other BS of college, but that's not the conversation here. But typically when you pair a GM and a head coach together, they are married together and how, if one succeeds, the other one succeeds. There's not going to be a power struggle here in Carolina, hopefully. We want them all to be in lockstep and have the same plan, which we still don't really know about. But they need to be all on the same page. And I think right now, Matt Rule and Scott Fitter are on the same page, which means that they're tied together, whether the team has success or the team fails. If the team fails, they'll be out the door. If they succeed, they'll get extensions, and they'll be here for a long time in Carolina, as long as David Sepper feels like they are leading this organization to being perennial contenders and remember that sustained success that he talked about all of us happening he also talked about when he said sustained success would it be okay if you had a little bit of short-term suffering for that sustained success but now I ask the same question to David Tepper because three years in you had the Cam Newton season start off six and two things look great you fall apart and you also had the really cool Amazon All-or-Nothing series here in town to go check everything out in that season as well. But things did not work out. Cam comes back, hurts his foot in New England. He's out for the rest of the season after trying to play in week one against the Rams and in week two, losing on Thursday night to Tampa Bay. And, of course, everyone's talking about why hand, why give Christian McCaffrey the ball on that fourth down? Why not give it to Cam Newton, who's been the best short yardage runner in the NFL during his career? Why not do that? Well, he was injured. Kyle Allen enters. They went four straight. They have the great trip to London. He comes back. He's no good. Panthers going to drain. Ron Rivera's fired to four weeks left in the season. Tepper brings up the sustained success. In Rome, not built being built in a day, hires Matt Rule. Matt Rule comes in, brings in Teddy Bridgewater, sings his praises. Last year, they go 5-11. Two weeks out before the season ends, he fires Marty Herney. And he's talking about, we got to be in constant pursuit of that quarterback. They flirt with Watson. They flirt with... Um, Matthew Stafford, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, they decide to trade now for Sam Darnold. So if Darnold doesn't work out, is the clock already started for Matt Rule and Scott Bitter? Will they get a second chance? Because that's the thing. David Tepper talked about being patient. He talked about all that kind of stuff. But I don't know how patient it is because he didn't want to watch Teddy Bridgewater for another season when this team, and I'm going to assume that they didn't like the quarterbacks that were there available to them, that they didn't want to trade three picks To Miami three first round picks in Miami to sit there and be able to take Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance and if it is Mac Jones indeed who's going to San Francisco they didn't want to sit there at eight at least currently and take Justin Fields or Trey Lance to be their future quarterback they wanted instead to trade this year's sixth round pick a compensatory pick and next year's second and fourth to Sam Donald to hope that he could be a reclamation project that he could come here to Carolina and have success in this offense that's what they wanted to do instead so Typically, when you draft a quarterback, that's when your clock starts. That you got to win with this quarterback. Now, unless you're the Chicago Bears and you're Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, like he gets plenty of opportunities. Pace has had Mike Glennon, who didn't work. He's had Mitch Trubisky, who didn't work. He traded for damn Nick Foles, who ain't working. Now he's got Andy Dalton on the roster, who I'm going to guess is not going to work. Will that cost him his job? I don't know. That's not a conversation we're really curious about. But it is something to look at. Because you have to start questioning matt rule's ability to evaluate quarterbacks when he didn't want to have cam newton who didn't necessarily have the greatest year in new england but he's getting a second chance at least in new england where teddy bridgewater who probably i don't know was on the same tier of cam maybe better maybe worse i don't really know however you want to look at it he's not even getting a second chance when he only has one year left on his deal that's guaranteed he's not even getting a second chance like sam darnold now if you've watched him play yes he has arm strength the Carolina Panthers. Social team, I love them. They're amazing at what they do. They put out that hype video, but I've seen the low lights, which is typically what you see if you watch him play sixty minutes in an NFL game. Sam Darnold has not been that good. Whether he's been upright with actual clean pocket, or if he's being harassed because he's had a bad offensive line and didn't have a lot of weapons, like there are plenty of reasons why he struggled in New York. And him, he's one of them as well, Sam Darnold. So. If he does not do well, I've already asked, like, will he get a second chance? But if he doesn't do well, Scott Fitterer and Matt Rule, are they employed in 2023? Because at least for Matt Rule, 20, he got 2020, got 2021, 2022. That's three seasons. That would be, what, five seasons of losing football, potentially? No playoffs, potentially, that David Tepper looks at. Is he going to keep him around? I, I tend to believe that... Fitter, at the very least, would get more time. I don't know about Matt Rule, but I do also believe that they're tied together, even if the contracts might not be lined up directly. I don't I don't know what the contract linked up Scott Fitter. I don't ever think I saw or it was, ever was reported what the terms were. I want to believe that they would get a chance in 2023. But again, everyone brings up, hey, David Tepper made his money on Wall Street, hedge fund guy, you know, very aggressive, not going to sit back and watch his team suck. Even if that means trading away three picks to a quarterback... Who was not better last season than the one that they just had. He might have more upside in sort of the intangibles, but decision-making not great. I, I do wonder how much of a leash these guys will have because strike one, Teddy Bridgewater, at least for Matt rule, strike two, potentially, if it doesn't work for Sam Darnold, the third, the third guy probably going to be their last guy, especially if they have to draft the quarterback next year in the first round. And will they have the capital to do that? Cause you have to think about the second round pick, that's certain in the fourth round pick next year, too. That's certainly capital that the Carolina Panthers. Scott Fitter, Matt Rule would like to have if they are in a situation again this time next year where they're still trying to figure out who their franchise quarterback is. Now, trading for Sam Darnold also presented options at number eight overall for the Carolina Panthers. Should they still draft the quarterback? Is it Rashawn Slater? Is it Pimney Sul? please God? Or is it a cornerback? What are all the options the Carolina Panthers now have at eight now that they've signed Sam Darnold and they traded for him and signed him to that fifth year extension that it fifth year option that it will have in 2022 more of that in just a second been telling you about bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba and the nhl are in full swing bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKEDON.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: The NFL Draft is weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I do give Scott Fitterer some credit for trading for Sam Darnold. It avoided the Twitter meltdown that we would have had, had the Carolina Panthers gotten to number eight and not drafted one of the available quarterbacks. I did talk about earlier in the week how Josh Norris, formerly of NBC Sports and Roto World, he's doing his own podcast now. Check him out. He does a great job. Also a local Charlotte guy and, like your boy, an Elon alum, he talked about how he'd be surprised, not even surprised, shocked, if the Carolina Panthers took a quarterback at eight with the reasoning behind it being that they didn't trade up for three to go get their quarterback like San Francisco did, where they're presumably going to draft Mac Jones from Alabama with the third overall pick, and that they didn't like any of the quarterbacks that weren't Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. So it would make sense that they wouldn't take a quarterback at eight, but that also would have created an epic meltdown on Twitter, and Lord Jesus, I could not have done it. I'm, I'm so happy that that did not happen to where the Panthers got to eight and did not drop the quarterback. But it does give him options now to try and fill out the rest of the the roster and to add a really good player there at eight. Scott Bitter said when he first got to Carolina that there's a difference between being in the top 10 and being around like 16 to the 20s. Because he he sees a 16th pick to about the mid-20s, the 30s, basically as the same guy. I don't quite subscribe to that, but I'm also not an NFL GM, so he probably knows a little bit more than I will ever know when it comes to evaluating talent, which is fine because that's why he's doing this, and that's why I'm here talking about it. But even still, it gives the Carolina Panthers in the top ten an opportunity to get a really good player, to get a player that can help them down the road. And the thing about that, too, is they don't want to be in this situation moving forward. Like, they might be if things don't go the way that they want them, especially with Sam Darnold, but this now gives them an option to get a really good player. And I was always one of the people saying that they need to draft an offensive tackle. I do not care about who was there, even though I like Justin Fields. I was more concerned about building this roster for the next guy. That's what I wanted to do. Like, if they would have taken a quarterback, whether it had been Lance or Fields, like everyone was mocking them to, then that's the number two in the second round at 39, they need to get an offensive tackle. But if you have an opportunity, like they possibly could have, Had they not drafted Sam Darnold, if they had an opportunity to take Panay Sewell at eight, if the Cincinnati Bengals do in fact listen to Joe Burrow and draft Jamar Chase there at five, I was all about the the left tackle because I want to put the quarterback, the next guy in the best position to succeed. And as currently constructed this offensive line, let's just go based off of guaranteed money, left to right, left tackle, Cam Irving, no thank you. Left guard, Pat Elfline, no thank you. Center, Matt Paradis, out the door after this year also. Eh, okay, John Miller, uh, okay, right tackle Taylor Moten, dude, only man on the roster who's even earning his money, in my opinion. So, the Carolina Panthers, I felt like needed to get a left tackle anyway, whether it's Teddy or it was gonna be a quarterback in the future later on. I wanted them to get a left tackle. So, looking at the options, I don't think there's any doubt of what the Carolina Panthers should do. It's very simple. Jonathan Alexander of the Charlotte Observer wrote an article today talking about the case for and against Panay Sewell being drafted there at eight. And I tweeted out and said, buddy, there ain't no argument against it. Sewell is a damn brick wall. Now he did, he, he was nice enough. And I did read his article. I always try to do that. And I, I encourage you folks, don't just, you know, look at a tweet and not read the article. Like actually read the article and then offer your perspective. But I did read his article and he had sent to me a little snippet saying that there's not much of a case for it. The only case that he really presented was the fact that Sewell opted out this past season with Oregon, which I can understand. Like They only played like six games and most of the Oregon players that were potential NFL draft picks, and he was always going to be a top five pick or at least a top 10 pick, that, he, that it made sense for him to opt out. Like the guys like Jamar Chase, Field's going to opt out if he wanted to, and he probably would be better evaluated than they've evaluated this entire draft season. The, the point being is, Panay Sewell's a dude. And I've already said to y'all, Kyle Pitts, Trevor Lawrence, Panay Sewell, those are the three dudes I have no doubt are going to be successful in the NFL. I ain't going to call them Hall of Famers, but I think they're going to be multiple pro bowl and all pro dudes. It's going to be a little bit harder for Trevor because he's a quarterback, but Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell, I don't have any problem seeing those guys as pro bowlers, maybe even this freaking season. That's how much I believe in those dudes. So Panay Sewell's sitting there at eight, take him. I saw Daniel Jeremiah In his latest mock draft, he actually had Sewell and Slater both available. And he had the Carolina Panthers taking Rashawn Slater from Northwestern instead. And if that happens, it would break my damn heart. Slater is a good player. I I don't know as much about him because truth be told, I ain't really watching a lot of Northwestern football. Shout out to Pat Fitzgerald and what they do. Greg Newsome, that corner, he could be an interesting prospect for the Carolina Panthers if they were to trade back. But still, I'm not a, I'm not a, watching a ton of West, Northwestern football. And it, I want to see Panay Sewell here as a Carolina Panther. I've been dreaming about it. I've been salivating about it. I want that to happen, man. So that's an option. Another option I just brought up is trading back. Now, I don't like that because if you're going to have Sam Donald here, I want you to build around the guy. Now, trading back, you could also get back some of the picks that you gave away for Sam Donald. But if you're thinking that way, you also have to wonder... Why in the world did you get with those picks for Sam Donovan in the first place if you're worried about trying to recoup those picks? But then again, Miami, you know, they traded out with San Francisco. Then they traded back up to get the six. So they kind of recouped the picks that, you know, they gave away the picks that they got. So maybe you want to try and balance things out. It makes sense. And you might have guys like J.C. Horn if you want to draft the corner there or Greg Newsome, as you just mentioned. There's also the possibility that Rashawn Slater falls back if you're still there in the teens. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. There could you could still get a really good player. But the way that Scott Fitter has talked in saying that he sees that middle tier, the back half of the, of the first round as the same thing as the front part of the second round, I don't see them doing that in terms of trading out of the num- number eight spot. Now, they could also stay at eight and take a corner. Patrick Sertan is a guy that people are talking about. Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech who opted out as someone that they're talking about, but he just had surgery. So depending on how the medicals look here about Know, three weeks from the draft to i mean what three weeks to the day of the draft in 21 days uh, i don't know I, I don't think that would be the pot like sir tan's probably the guy that they're gonna draft a corner and how we forgot about mark micah parsons from penn state have we forgot about him could he still be an option for the carolina panthers i know they just brought in um denzel perryman who played four seasons in San Diego, not San Diego, but Los Angeles. I mean, there's still San Diego Chargers to me because no one in LA cares about them. No matter if they play in that new stadium, that is the Ram Stadium, by the way. And also some weird stuff going on there with the whole family and wanting to sell the team and wanting to force it. But that's that's not a conversation. Let me get back on topic here. Does Denzel Perriman, does that preclude you from still drafting a linebacker in Parsons? Well, like we said, oh, you can't draft the linebacker in the top 10. I mean, what Luke Keekly... What, what, what pick was Luke Kuechly? Wasn't he up there in the top 10? You can get a really good player. Like the last time they were sitting here at number eight, they got Christian McCaffrey at eight. People wanted Fournette. They didn't get him. McCaffrey, better than Leonard Fournette. So I don't see them trading back. And there's still the question though, could they draft a quarterback at eight? And all the reporting has been that they didn't like any of the guys available to them. So it would be puzzling to trade for Sam Darnold, give up that inventory and to give and then to give him the fifth year option and then to go out and draft the quarterback. That, that's still a thing. Like if you're someone who doesn't believe in Sam Darnold, kind of like me, like I, I believe I understand why they traded for him. I hope he does well. I would f- be fine getting cold take if that's what happens in the end. I just I'm not a firm believer in Sam Darnold's the right guy and is a franchise guy. And that's kind of how I felt coming when he came out of USC. Like my opinion of him has only been reaffirmed over the last three seasons more than anything. Like it has not changed. I didn't like him coming out of USC. I don't like him now, even though I see him in a much better situation here in Carolina. But if you don't like Sam Darnold and you don't believe in him, you could still draft the quarterback of the future. And Darnold, if you're able to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater, would be on the roster for only two years guaranteed. What's the future beyond that? I think the hope is it's going to be Sam Darnold. That's the plan. I put the plan in quotation marks because we're not quite sure what the plan is. They could still do that. If they do that, then that to me is an admission that Sam Darnold really is not the guy and you want to have an insurance policy. If that's the case, why the hell did you give three picks to bring in an insurance policy if you didn't really want him to be your franchise guy? It's it's But it's simple to me. At eight, Drapane Sewell will be sitting there. If he's not, take Rashawn Slater. If they're both gone, then maybe possibly trade back. But I don't see Scott Bitterer doing that with the Carolina Panthers at eight. All right, that concludes another episode of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast. Again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Odyssey, and hell, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. You can also check out my other podcast, the 704 Julian Council, where I do more interviews. So I'm talking to a lot of people about Charlotte Sports. I'm sitting down with someone recently who was not a fan of the Sam Donald trade. So if you want to go check that out, it's part of the Queen City Podcast Network. Please go ahead and do that. But here with the Locked On Podcast Network, this is the Locked On Panthers Podcast, which I'm so happy to be doing. Make sure to also follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. That's at Julian Council on Twitter. I'm going to talk more Sam Donald tomorrow. More of the ramifications of this, what it means for guys like Robbie Anderson, what it means for Christian McCaffrey, and for the rest of his roster. And where do the Carolina Panthers stack up now? Are they a team that can be thinking playoffs in 2021? I don't know. Maybe. Especially if Sam Darnold is that upgrade that they're hoping he is. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. It's been the Lockdown Carolina Panthers Podcast. Take care.